when I was a sophomore in high school, we had this job coach come in to teach us about all the opportunities out in the world of things we could do. She was well-intentioned. After the class was over and we were done talking through the idea that you can be anything you want to be, anything in the world, I walked up to her and with my mouth full of braces and some kind of retainer device with rubber bands and uh, some sort of drool, probably. I said, I want to work in radio. She stared at me for a moment. She realized that I was serious. And her reply was, don't worry, there are plenty of jobs that are behind the scenes in radio. So here goes. This is Evan Blackerby, and this is The Friends We Meet. Here are the people we're going to meet. Jose, an entrepreneur, grocer, businessman, farmer, talks about his family. A boy named Jude tells us how he found his lost dog. And a songwriter named Shane shares a song he wrote about two people who can't get along. But first, I asked my wife. So, what do you know about what I'm trying to accomplish with this podcast and speak into the microphone? What you're trying to accomplish with this podcast? Yeah. It's it's going to be an eclectic mix of... That's our son beating on the door. (laughs) People... We have locked the door to record this. (laughs) Uh... An eclectic mix of conversations and interruptions. (laughs) What do you think my end goal is? I think that you are hoping to introduce the world to interesting people doing interesting things and hopefully inspire those people to think differently about the stories that they're living out. Okay, so is it going to be, I mean, I'm concerned that it's going to be boring. Nothing you do is boring, Evan. Don't let it be. Do you think people are going to listen? Who cares? It's a good response. Are you going to listen? <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> Love you. Love you. And now a word from one of our Patreon sponsors. Letterpress is something that I stumbled upon during my junior year in college. And from the moment that it was introduced to me, I was captivated. I was captivated not only by the end result of this printing method, but also by the beautiful antique machinery that I get to work with. I think in this day of digital media, Letterpress is a printing method that brings back printing as an art form. Hey everyone, my name is Kenzie and my small business is Printology Press. We are purveyors of fine design and goods with our specialty being the art of letterpress printing. The printing we do is done on a 150 year old printing press with either handmade or cotton papers so that an impression is pressed into the paper during printing. This is what sets letterpress apart and why so many people choose this printing method for their business cards, stationery, or wedding invitations. You've heard me talk about letterpress, but you have to see what I'm talking about. So follow us on Instagram at Printology Press or look us up on Facebook. We would love to connect with you. 
I could tell you everything that Jose Abreu does, everything he has his hand in, and it would make your head spin. Jose Abreu is this low-key, sort of soft-spoken young guy. Late 20s, slim but strong, always wearing a hat, always moving. He was born in the coffee lands of the Dominican Republic. He immigrated to Brooklyn, moved around Queens a bit. Then he ended up in High Point, North Carolina. He's passionate about getting people food from farming it to selling it to understanding the food distribution systems and all the problems associated with food insecurity, poverty. I met with Jose on one of his urban farming lots. It's a plot of land in the midst of a busy, lower class working neighborhood. Looks to be about a quarter of an acre. I wanted to know more about Jose the person, the married father of two who works hard for his family. What makes him tick? Well. Turns out, it's really a love story about a girl named Bella. So me and my family immigrated from the Dominican Republic in the early 1990s. Uh, we immigrated to the Williamsburg area, Brooklyn, South First and uh, Berry Street, which is now hip. Hips Williamsburg. But as a kid, there was a lot of factories in that area, so a lot of manufacturing. Mother did fabric work in the factories there. Now they're converted into social spaces now. Growing up in Brooklyn, it was scary during the 1990s because there was a lot of drug violence, gang violence. But yeah, that was 1990s Brooklyn. Or Jimmy Bella. Cool story. In 2008, uh, my uncle owned the supermarket that I now own. Bella was a cashier, I was a stock boy. We hit it off the first day became a lovey-dovey relationship in the supermarket. From the first day that I started working here in North Carolina, I met my wife, love at first sight. We hit it off from that first point and we've been together for, oh, it's gonna be 12 years now, this year, right? She's been that steady, the constant of my life has been Bella. So I attribute a lot in the stuff I do and the things I see in the future. But yeah, that's how I met my wife. The first day I started working in the supermarket that I now own. So this is a love story. Yeah, pretty much. It's crazy that uh, I got fired and my uncle fired me, me and Bella, for lovey-dovey, right? We were kissing at work and being intimate at work and that relationship at work. And which caused kind of like this chain effect. <laughs> It caused a chain effect of me getting fired and trying to go out and trying to find a job. Couldn't really find much. Um, and throughout this whole storm of not finding a job, Bella gets pregnant. Um, I ended up finding a, a, a delivery job at Papa John's, but it wasn't able to sustain a family. So we decided to move to Florida with my in-laws. So I moved to Florida with my in-laws and couldn't really find much of a job, um, didn't have much skills. So what I started doing was going to the library and started reading up on leadership books. Um, started consuming, um, started seeking the skills I needed to be who I wanted to be. It's crazy that at the age of 16, I already knew what I wanted to do. And that was almost a store, supermarket, or just any retail aspect of it. Um, but yeah, my uncle, called me and offered me the opportunity to take over his half of the supermarket, so become partners with his partner. 2010, three months before Gisenia was born, I packed up the things I had, which was my car and about a week's worth of clothes and moved back to North Carolina. Started working pretty much nonstop. At one point I was doing 
14 hour days, seven days a week. I did that for three months at the supermarket. It's one of the, looking back now, it's one of the failures, right? It's like I wasn't there for my the early part of my child life. I was basically hammering on at the supermarket day and night, trying to get this thing off of the ground. Hit a low spot in my life. Didn't feel good mentally wise. My business wasn't doing good. I hit a wall. Um, the supermarket was on the point of collapsing from basically trying to pay off all this debt. So my family work balance was thrown into chaos. It's, it's interesting. Um, watching my family go through this, right? So it's like I tried to incorporate them as much as I could, be as be there as much as I could. Um, and it's one of the biggest failures that I've, I've committed in my life is um, kind of like the song, The Cat in the Cradle. Um, my parents were never really there. They were always working. I fell into that same trap, right? Trying to escape it, but also fell into that same trap of the cat in the cradle. I watched my father do it, and I ended up doing it. I started recognizing it afterwards. It wasn't not in the midst of it, not in the midst of me going through this, working long hours, not seeing my children, not seeing my wife. I became aware of the cat in the cradle, yeah. Oh, now I'm integrating them into the things I do, so I take them basically everywhere. They're, they're, they're under my wing, you know, just like my uncle did with me. Um, so they're becoming integrated into the system. They're seeing problems and solutions the same way I do. I take them with me, it's, and my kids go pretty much everywhere with me. Uh, here at the farm, the supermarket, uh, the butter and artichoke, the farmer's market, you've seen them running around the farmer's market, taking them along the ride with me. Um, and we have fun along the way too. So it's fun. Instead of Bella having the outside job, now she's doing the butter and artichoke. So we're, we're working together trying to take this vision and uh, of this grocery store, this new one, integrating it with our family and we become one and, and we move very fluidly between each other. It's kind of like ideas flow easily between between us. Um, so it's like, even though we're at working, we're also family, right? We're still, we're doing it as a unit. I'm more of a throw ideas out there, see what catches, what she's more, uh, she thinks about it. She, how, how are you going to accomplish this is time-wise. Um, you can make a lot of mistakes that way. If you don't stop and have somebody push back on you. Um, it's always nice hearing that voice, um, somebody pushing back and saying, hey, this is a bad decision. You shouldn't be moving in this direction. Um, but she's that, that nice voice, um, that voice in the dark. So somebody has to make a movie about this. He married the checkout girl and now owns the business they both got fired from for being all over each other. That's a movie. Somebody's got to write that. He lost his work-life balance and worked hard to get it back. So now he's providing food from the soil to the shelves for a city, all because of that one day that he met that girl, Bella. You can follow all the adventures of Jose. Links to his social media are in the show notes, wherever you get this podcast. Thanks for sharing with us, Jose. So after that conversation with Jose, naturally I had to call my dad. Hey, what you up to, man? Oh, not much. What are you up to? Uh, trying to get over a hip thing. Yeah, what's up with that? 
Well, I don't know exactly. Uh, maybe it's just old age. Maybe it's because I sat on my billfold for a uh, hundred years. Maybe yeah. I've irritated it and just never uh, slow down to right. let it heal. That's kind of where I am. So anyway, Gail says, I want you to go get that done, and hey, you probably need a new hip. I'm going, well, you know, I'm going to let this thing sit back and heal for a while. So how y'all doing? What are y'all what are you doing? I'm yeah. working on this podcast. What was that song that I told you about? The one that haunted you. Uh, that 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 haunted you. Is what haunted you, you too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the song? It is uh, just another day. I grew up just like me, boy. I grew up just like me. Oh, cats in the griddle and the silver spoon. Yep. That, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's the yeah. It haunts everybody, though. It is yeah. one of those songs that kind of go, oh, my gosh. I, I hope I'm not doing that. I hope I'm not doing that. I hope I'm not working so hard that I'm missing my kids' childhood. You know, you, right. everybody thinks through it that way. I mean, I did with you. Mm-hmm. I was going well. I'm, I'm I'm not spending enough time. I'm gonna regret that. Just like that song. That's what I kept saying. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard song to listen to. I just I, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror every time I listen to it. Yeah, you should. You're a great dad. You spend a lot of time with your kids. You would, well, you did you too. Be, you would be very surprised at how how little people a lot of people do. Well, yeah. you were too. So. All right. Anyway, well, so, yeah. Just was going uh, to say, hey, I got to roll. Okay, man. Are you at home? You. you just yeah. go. Okay. The kids are screaming. All right. I love you, too. Y'all take we'll do uh, FaceTime later. Okay, good. All right. All love right. you. Love you. Bye. Bye. And now a word from one of our Patreon sponsors. Hi, everyone. This is Paul Spring, magic teacher at Pulse School of Magic, right here in the triad. I have good news for you if you're looking for something fun and productive for your kids to do this summer. I am offering an interactive online magic course to help kids develop some awesome social skills during this time of social distancing. Not only will you be entertained every evening, but your child will learn skills that will impact the rest of their life through the Discover Magic program. With four different magic courses and 36 custom-made magic tricks and folders, your children will have a summer camp from the comfort of their home that they won't soon forget. Did I mention it's online? To find out more, send me an email at pulsemagic@live.com or simply visit pulseschoolofmagic.com. Until then, remember to spread the fun, not the germs. When looking to make healthier choices, we discover that many of the choices that are good for our own personal health are also good for the environment, our community, our local economy. It's a virtuous cycle that has a ripple effect, way beyond just that one choice. The Budding Artichoke has a solution for you to buy local. To find out more, visit The Budding Artichoke online. Follow them on Instagram or Facebook. Search The Budding Artichoke. So you found Durbin today? Yep. Were you kind of nervous? He's been gone for how long? Yeah, well, about 19 hours, I guess. 20 hours, possibly. And so he didn't sleep at our house last night, did he? Nope. I was sitting outside in the front yard 
just eating some Cheerios and looking for cars to show him the poster. And What's the poster of? Durbin, it says, um, missing family dog. Durbin, very sweet, will come if called. And Were you a little worried about Durbin? Yeah, last night. Last um, night, I was like the worriedest, the most, and I was like really worried. And the next morning, I was just eating some Cheerios in the front yard, doing what I told you I was doing. So the neighbor, he came out. Uh Uh-huh. And he said, I just keep hearing a dog barking. He kept hearing of some barking. He said, it feels like he's under our house. And I was like, if he is under your house, that would be the weirdest dog hiding spot in the world. Then he said, "Can I, I said, can I check it out? And he said, yes. He said, I'm gonna take this side. I'll, and I said, I'll take this side. He was like halfway through his route when I ran over to his side and said, I found something. I found a hole with ripped netting to like his basement. And I was like, if he did fall, he is not, he's not gonna be jumping up and walking around, because it was like, I don't know, like seven feet deep. It was like, and then there was like a pavement at the bottom. So I ran over to him and I said that I found a hole with rip netting, and then he followed me over to it, and I asked, is that your basement? And he said, yeah. And, and so did you did you see Durbin? Um, no, I thought I saw like a copperhead down there, but or like a viper, but it was really like, a nasty old hose like down there and I said Durbin no answer but I did hear a little bit of then I said can I check it out um, do you have like a basement stairs or something and he said yeah we have some stairs to the basement we all walked down to the basement stairs opened it I couldn't see past him but he said looky there and there he was I um, tried to get a hold of him, but he was just, he just kept going everywhere, and I couldn't keep him from stopping moving. Like, he was shaking all the dust off of him and getting leaves off. So once I finally got a hold of him, I took him back over to our house. He was the first one to the door. Like, he was, like, supreme charged. Like, I could not stop him running. And I um, took him inside, and Mommy heard the clattering, and I said, Mommy, I found Durbin. And she said, really? And I was like, yep. I came and showed her to it, and then she like was like trying to get a picture of me hugging Durbin <laughs> and um, gonna post it on Instagram, I think, and Facebook, so that she, they think, well, now he's found again, so no worries now. Thanks for telling your story. Uh, you're very welcome. What's your name? Jude Blackerby. How old are you? Um, nine and a half years old. Thanks for being a little bit of a hero. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. So, while you're going to check out stuff online, go check out Yellow Truck Coffee Co. 
They are one of our Patreon sponsors. They exist to serve the people who serve. They are convinced that the selfless men and women who serve in hospital rooms, courthouses, school libraries, and the ones who patrol the streets can't hear thank you enough. Go visit yellowtruckcoffeeco.com. Hey, thanks for sponsoring us, guys. You've had this great idea to bring something that is missing to the world. Your business is the result of your dreams and hard work colliding, and it needs to be represented in a way that stands out from the rest. Allow Zach Allison to help you bring your dream to life. Go to ZachAllisonDesign.com. Zach helped us with our logo here at The Friends We Meet. Thanks, Zach. Ladies and gentlemen, North Carolina songwriter and musician extraordinaire, Shanky. This is a song about a girl named Always and a guy named Never and how they just could not seem to get along. Always said to Never we should run away together So they packed their bags and headed for the coast They were followed by the law who said they could not get along So they ran up to Seattle for a toast the worst man at the reception said I saw from the inception that y'all would have to run and keep it hid but the beasts that live within them would either sink or swim them but swimming wasn't something that they did so they ran running headlong into a polarized view of the world it gets rid of the glare Underneath the stair Never always doesn't get the girl But never said to always Why are you driving sideways You don't ever face the road ahead Well I do all the giving This ain't no way of living I think I'd rather spend my whole life dead So they ran running headlong into a polarized view of the world It gets rid of the glare But underneath the stare Never always doesn't get the girl Well you can't run forever And it's hard and nasty weather Always hydroplaning as she drives While she's struggling to steer She may never spill his beer Reached the end before they had arrived But they ran Running headlong Into a polarized view of the world It gets rid of the glare But underneath the stare Never always doesn't get the girl
remember me and the dream that never could be never you mind if I'm falling behind always you're running faster than me always you're running faster than me You can find Shane Key on Instagram at c.shanekey or Facebook at shanekeync. Thanks, Shane. Join the team by going to patreon.com slash thefriendswemeet. And if you're a superhero, share it with a friend or two on Facebook or Instagram. Teddy Roosevelt says, or he said it, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Have the difficult conversations, guys. You know, the ones that involve you speaking less. Thank you to Jose, Shane, Heather, and Jude for being on the show. And thank you for hanging out with us. This has been a human people production. Hey! Look how strong that is. Yeah.